0: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. This is What the Heck with Mike Heck on MMAFighting.com. Now, here is your host, Mike Heck. What the heck? Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome to a brand new edition of What the Heck on MMAFighting.com. My name is Mike Heck. Thank you for having us on once again. Another busy week of MMA action is behind us and a busy week it is ahead of us we have the return of dana white's contender series on tuesday three contracts rewarded to jordan levitt euros medic and dustin Jacoby is back in the ufc eight years eight plus years after his first run where he went 0 two is a very fun episode i love the contender series one of my favorite things about the sport every single year and pandemic be darned we had the contender series kickoff last night and i am excited to see the next wave of talent to make it to the ufc roster we got bellator 243 on friday night at mohegan sun in uncasville connecticut that's headlined by the rematch between michael chandler and benson henderson their first fight was amazing my little brother and i watched that fight together and that was one of the first fights he ever watched and it hooked him. I mean, he's not like a diehard MMA fan, but he's beyond a casual fan. I'd say he's like in that middle ground between casual fan and hardcore fan. And one of the reasons is because of that first fight between Michael Chandler and Benson Henderson. And of course, the UFC is back with an event this weekend as well. That one is headlined by Derek Lewis versus Alexio Olenek. That fight is going to be bananas. No doubt about that. We'll be talking about both of those cards A little bit on the show this week, and we'll be discussing next weekend's UFC 252 event a little bit as well. Stipe versus DC3 for the heavyweight title, DC's final fight. I cannot wait for UFC 252 next weekend. I know it's not the most loaded card of all time, but the main card's actually pretty darn good. And we're going to talk to one of the pivotal people of that main card to kick off the show. But let's run down the lineup, and then we'll get to... That pivotal person rounding out the program, Ashley Yoder. She's going to take on Lavinia Souza next Saturday at UFC 252. We'll check in with the Spider Monkey. She makes her what-the-heck debut to wrap us up. Kevin Holland has had a crazy week. He was supposed to fight Trevin Giles last weekend to kick off the main card of UFC Vegas 5. Giles ended up fainting right before the fight was about to start. Holland's turning around. Gets a fight this weekend. He's going to take on UFC newcomer Joaquin Buckley, who just got a win over in LFA. So we're going to check in with Mr. Kevin Holland from Las Vegas. And uh, the conversation's already happened. He had a lot to say, ladies and gentlemen. As I reported last week, one of the fights that people had circled on their Bellator 243 fight cards as a can't-miss fight is no more. Derek Campos was forced to withdraw from his bout with Adam Borch. Campos is out. Mike Hamill is in. Mike Hamill is a teammate, training partner for one Benson Henderson, who's going to be in the main event of that event. Magic Mike Hamill gets his opportunity, his Bellator debut. He's going to join us in around 20 minutes or so. Really like that conversation. Enjoyed speaking with Mike Hamill for the first time. But first, let's check in with the man that's going to look to slow down the sugar show. One half. Of the co-main event of next Saturday night's UFC 252 event. You will take on Sean O'Malley. Let us say hello to Marlon Cheeto Vera right now on What the Heck. All right. So as you can see, we have Marlon Cheeto Vera joining the program. He is back in action next Saturday night, UFC 252 in Las Vegas. The co-main event is taking on Sean O'Malley. Marlon, good to see you, man. How's it going?
1: Good to see you too, bro. I'm feeling good now. I'm happy. Uh, you know, this camp is been is been great, like like any other. You know, I've been putting in a lot of hard work, and I can wait. You know, when I find out it was coming, the event it was even cooler.
0: You only had to wait a year to get this thing back on the books with Sean and it's a fight you've wanted for a long time. It's hard not to get asked about it I'm sure to this point since it was booked before and then it was canceled and people just kept asking you like what about Sean O'Malley? What about Sean O'Malley? How excited are you to finally get this fight next weekend with O'Malley?
1: Um, To be honest I'm excited about being fighting. I'm excited about being able to compete at the highest level. I'm excited to to be going to a fight, you know, I don't, I don't pick and choose like who I want next. Like, in honestly, I don't give two pucks in front of me. I just, I just prepare myself. I like the competition and you know, I, we, everybody says I'm going to win. Everybody says I'm going to knock you. So let's find out. Let's see what happened. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm ready.
0: How did you like the fact that he called you out this time? He asked for you this whole time.
1: Well, well, you know, I feel, this is just how it feel, you know. I could be right or wrong, but he have not fought nobody. He's coming off a couple walk wins, which I, I, I say this not to be started, uh, a shirt talk, but it's it's real, you know, like, like, you know, like the last couple of guys he fought, you know, they haven't do anything, you know. He beat a guy that is, you know, it's past his prime multiple years ago. He's been not fighting really, and then he's been... He's coming nearly with one win against a newcomer, and that was like, it took him a lot of damage to win this fight. So, you know, if you make the math, he needs to fight somebody like me to stay relevant. And guess what? I'm not even in the rankings. So that shows, shows a little bit that, you know, if I'm in the rankings, I'm like, I won't call out somebody that is not in the rankings just to prove myself. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm going to fight somebody ahead of me. But everybody's different. So at the end of the day, they offered me the fight. I'm like, why not? Fuck it. The like, guy have a number next to his name. Is is it, is good for me? At, at any time. So the the first offer was Jimmy Rivera, and then they, I, uh, those were two fights that I would like. So why not?
0: We last saw you fight on one of those Jacksonville cards in May. You took on Song Dong in a featherweight fight, and you were on the wrong side of unanimous decision in a fight that. Pretty much anybody that I've ever spoken with scored for you. Did it take you a little while to get past the frustration of that decision considering pretty much everybody thought you won that fight?
1: Honestly, I, I was, I'm not going to lie, I was pretty upset. I I say fuck you to most likely everybody that night because I was upset. I was, I was in my right to express my feelings, but honestly, dude, there's nothing you can do about it. Like, once something like that happened. there's nothing you can do about it. Like, you know, so I was like, if I stay sitting down crying and bitching about it, like, I wouldn't go nowhere after that. Like, you know, you will stay, sitting on shit for nothing. And honestly, that's not what I do. I was like, you know, it is what it is. Fuck it. I know I won the fight. I know I showed improvements. I know I, I I broke the guy. So I'm like, you know, it was it, it was a good thing, you know. It was a good thing because sometimes these type of things make you rethink, make you be better, make you do things better. So I'm I'm in a I'm in a pretty good spot right now. So I'm I'm happy and let it go and I'm going from there.
0: Outside of the money aspect, which is obviously very important, do you like from a mental place? Do you feel like you're heading into this fight on a six-fight winning streak mentally or that you're trying to bounce back from a loss mentally?
1: I'm not bouncing for nothing. I'm I'm winning, you know. And then, of course, when you say the mental thing, that's the most important thing. Uh, you got to be sharp in your mind because how many guys body-wise, talent-wise, that are, like, fucking unbelievable? And then, you know, when this shit isn't ready, you're going to have a, a a long when you face the right guy. So this is the most important for me, be ready, be sharp. But actually, you know, you gotta be willing to die in order to achieve your stuff, your dreams, everything.
0: This fight with O'Malley, cause you and I, we've spoken a couple of times in the past and a part of you from a past conversation still wanted this fight really badly. And then like the next time I talked to you, like once it got canceled again, that other part of you was just sort of over it. You're like, whatever, if it happens, it happens. Is this just like another fight for you at this point? Is that how you're approaching it? This is just a, just a fight?
1: Yeah, it, it, it's another fight. In order to be a champion, in order to be a number one contender, you got to fight anyone, anybody at any time. So I'm not really like, you know, I don't I don't fall in love with nobody. You know, once once the fight's on, I'm thinking I'm, I, I need to damage you, I need to hurt you, I need to broke you. Once, if I go consult or something happened, I'm like, fuck it. Like, I don't care. like it, it is what it is. It's okay. Uh, and it's okay to, to don't fight that person. So I'm uh, chasing nobody at no time.
0: Most people would say, and I think everybody agrees with this at this point, that you're Sean's toughest fight to date. But yet you're sort of flying under the radar. Do you feel like you're you're flying under the radar that everyone's talking about the O'Malley, the Sugar Show, and you get to just slide right on in there and, and not have that kind of pressure on you?
1: Honestly, dude, with pressure, without pressure, talking about me, done not talking about me again. I don't I don't give a fuck. Like I don't chase those things. I don't chase people talking about me. How you get that is just going in there and fucking people out. That's what the UFC wants. That's what they know. What they know. What wants? They don't. They don't care about. Nobody cares about nothing. It's like nobody cares about feelings. Or, people cares about winners. Once you do that, you're good to go. So flying under the radar, like all those words are just like like a sportsman. Like I don't. I don't think like that. I'm just. I just work hard. I just prepare for battles. and I try to train with the best people around me to take me to the next level. So I have nothing in my mind because i winning and being ready and doing the right thing. Flying onto the radar, fans talking. I don't even read. Like when it comes to that, like I don't have time for that. I got three kids, I have a wife, so I'm like, I'm having fun, you know? I'm having fun and that's what it's all about. You gotta find a way to be happy in life. If you're thinking about people don't talking about you or people don't say you're gonna win, you know, with Barca, you know. Uh, good spirits all
0: the time. You are. That is absolutely true. Sean, Sean's sean gone the distance in the UFC before. He's won both of those fights. But you're the kind of guy, Marlon, that as, as long as the fight, the longer the fight goes, the better you get. Getting into those deep waters, that's where you tend to shine. We saw it in the Song Yudong fight. We've seen it a bunch of times from you. Is that sort of part of your game plan here? Kind of take him out of the first round, let him drown a little bit and see what happens?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna use every single tool from the from my toolbox. You know, I'm gonna go in there and fight. You know, I feel I'm the best when I when I freestyle. When I, when I go goes in there and I just let it go. And and the game plan is set. My coaches tell me great ideas where to go, what to do. But at the end of the day, you gotta go in there and, and make the fight. You know, you gotta feel the fight. You gotta see the energy. So you know, if the fight goes three rounds. You know, I'm ready for that. If the fight goes less than that, even better. I go I go grab a beer earlier, so I'm feeling good. And this fight's all about just being there, being present, and, you know, be focused. Because it's a fight. Anything can happen. Like, anything can happen. So you better be ready.
0: What's the uh, what's the victory beer of choice for you?
1: Um, of course, they want to sponsor me. Uh, 593 from Ecuador. They sent me a lot of beer. But, you know, it's going to be hard to travel with alcohol, so couple IPAs, couple, you know, couple that, little bit of everything, a couple of whiskey shots until I'm sleeping. <laughs>
0: <There you go. laughs> Speaking of Ecuador, have you seen Sean's hair? Have you seen it? I don't know if you even look for that stuff, but it appears oh. that he has dyed it the colors of the Ecuadorian flag.
1: Yeah, that's that's good support, but you know, that, those are the colors of Venezuela, Colombia. You know, without the the actual sign, you know, you, you don't know where you are. So I was I was thinking like maybe like support South America. That's cool, you know. It's he's calling the territory. he, he trying to jump people to for that. Day, which I got a million people like tagging me like, dude, that this is fearful. i like, this is fair for what? He don't think nothing bad. Like fuck off. But you know. It's just people, it's just people, you know. I'm a face-to-face person. If I have a problem, um, I will scrub in your face. I'm not, you know, I'm not going in and like, e,
2: e. <laughs> I don't have time for
1: that. I like to fight, dude. That's what I do. I'm a fighter. I,
0: I know you're focused on yourself. This is another fight. But this, this whole division, 135, is just so ridiculous. It's loaded. Right now, it's sweet. I feel like most of the top 35ers in the UFC, a lot of these guys wanted this fight with Sean to sort of derail this train. And one thing I've noticed from a lot of fighters in your division is that they are rooting for you in a big way to win this fight. Like Cody Stamen, I spoke with him. His quote stuck out to me. He said, he can't wait for you to take care of Sean. So quote, we don't have to hear from that little turd anymore. Like a lot of people have your back are supporting you in this fight? Do you feel like, in a weird way, even though you're not putting this pressure on yourself or even thinking about it, really, that this would not just be a victory for you, but a victory for the whole division if you beat Sean O'Malley? Uh,
1: honestly, that's the thing about me. It's actually a pressure. It's just like I don't give a fuck. Like I'm like I'm not here to to be thinking about what somebody says. That's why this is a sport of fighting. We got 15 minutes or 25 to be the sheriff of each other with no consequences. You know, there's a couple of rules in there, but you know, a lot of people is just, you know, the more they pay attention to what somebody says, the more that somebody wins. I'm like, every time these cooks online are insulting us or whatever, and and, and we answer, that's on an us, that's our fault. You know, why are you answer that? Every time you answer to somebody, you make them happy. But then you guys, you got guys in the top five, what an idiot answering to normally that is. Nobody in the rank. He's like what, fourteen right now? I'm like, why are you guys are talking back to him? The more you talk back to him, the more cooler he is because the big boys are talking back to the to the kids. So I'm like, you know, it's common sense. Like like I don't know. Like, if we're gonna fight, just wait till the fight. You know, talk a little shit, have fun. But those guys are mad. A lot of people is mad about him. I'm like, you guys are already losing the battle. I'm like, eh. Somebody talk shit, you'd be like, oh cool. Cause what? If we're face to face, the energy change. He doesn't say nothing face to face. I saw him face to face. We were in the elevator, and I was, you know, I was like, mm, "Are you gonna say something? Are you gonna try something?" Because I was, I was, I, you know, you always got to be right. You know where the people' energy is around you. So I don't that. If the bunch of with guys, are sure for me, cool. If not, fuck off. I wanna beat them anyways.
0: <laughs> I would, I would describe your mentality right now. You're low key fired up, like. You're, you're ready just to get to August 15th and get in I'm this cage and fight this man.
1: August 15th, I was 10, I was 20. September, you know, I, I turned for fighting and I love the shit talking. Like people around me, like, they're like, dude, you, you talk way too many shit. But sometimes I keep it to myself and my friends because I'm like, I don't want to go. Uh oh, do we
2: lose him? Sorry, I don't
0: know what
2: happened there.
0: It's all right. You were you you were you were talking so much fire that you you burnt your phone.
2: Uh, there you go.
0: There he is.
2: Um, well, the, but going back to that, like I just you know I like this shit talking, but sometimes I'm, I'm I'm like the things I can say, they they have more repercussion on 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 the little kids on my own kids. So I'm like I can get pretty gross, but I, you know. I don't, I don't want the kids to see that. I don't want, because, you know, if I'm teaching my kids to don't be like that, why doing it? Unless you're just being funny, like child son. And there's, there's guys with a name. But if, if I'm going deep and shit talking, you know, I know how to take it. I'm a thickest kid so I can go farther and farther and farther. But I'm like, did I really want that? Eh, maybe not. Maybe later. Or maybe face to face. Face to face, I would say anything, but because it's not, you know, nobody can make a screenshot of what I say face to face. So, I get in trouble for, for things I say. So, I just prefer to say a
0: little
2: quiet. <laughs> when
0: was the last time you got in trouble for, for saying something oh, that you probably shouldn't have said?
2: I call this kid was calling me uh, I call him a, a F word. No, not, not, So,
0: I oh, yes.
2: Like, this is bumbling. Like, whatever. It's like, just a fucking word to me. Like, it don't represent anything. But, you know, I get in trouble before. I got, like, UFC PR, like, hey, you can say that. I'm like, I'm sorry. I won't say that again.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't to, you don't want to get the wife mad either. I understand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, don't,
2: you don't want to have that, that thing on, on, on your shoulder chipping, chipping you
0: out. Do you even have a prediction for this fight? Like, you're not going to say Sean's going to beat you, but do you, do oh. you see this oh. going any other way
2: here? I'm going to fuck him up, you know. Everybody have to be positive about it, you know. Both corners are, are thinking going to win. Nobody's going to there thinking to lose, so let's see what happened I was 15. I'm ready to go. It's the only thing I know.
0: Yes, yeah, so you look ready to go. What do you make of this division right now with uh we got a new champion, Piotr Jan. Aljamain Sterling looks to be the clear number one contender. Yet Dana White is hesitant to say those words into a live microphone. I mean you have to agree he's the next guy, right? Or is it Marius? Like what do you think?
2: No. Nah. Uh, it's not Moraes. The way the way he he broke Lailing fights is he's not the next guy. Against hudo he was he, he was winning until he doesn't. You know that sounds kind of silly, but he was killing the guy, and then you know the energy went away, and he just broke. Then the fight with Aldo, in my opinion, he lost the fight. That's why Aldo fought for the title. Even if they shouldn't in that, it is what it is. Aldo won the fight in paper, to me. And um, Starling is a contender. Yeah, like. Moraes KO them back to back him and Rivera, but I'm like, but you, I will give the fight to a starting just because they grind, they work, coming back of those losses and and, and and beat all these guys. And then Curtis and Hagen have a lot of hype, and he is mocking pretty easy. So doesn't matter what they say, the fight's for him.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that, but. Maybe we'll have it sooner rather than later. This division can move forward. We could start railing off some title fights and, you know, moving guys up the ladder. But I am very excited for your fight, and August 15th, UFC 252, the co-main event to Daniel Cormier's final fight. What does that mean to you, to be the that's, co-main event to his final fight?
2: That's right, because I do like Cormier. He's, he's, he's a cool guy. You know, I, I was always rooting for John Jones because I trained with him. He's a great guy. He gave me advice. I love him. He always took care of me. But this is a nice guy. Like we talked before, and everything. And now that he's at heavyweight, I'm like, I'm rooting for this here
0: 100%. What a great story that would be, and you could set the table for him against Sean O'Malley in the co-main event. Well, great stuff, Marlon. Great catching up with you, man. Enjoy the time with the family before you head to Vegas, and uh, all the best to you in the fight with Sean O'Malley. Really looking forward to it.
2: Thank you, bro. I appreciate you, and everybody tuning in. It's gonna be fun.
0: A laser-focused. Marlon Vera. When he said he was going to F Sean O'Malley up, gave me goosebumps a little bit. That is going to be a great fight. And I know Sean O'Malley is on a very good run right now. His star power is growing each and every day. But this is the test. This is the legit test. We said that about Eddie Wyland. We said that about a couple of the guys that he's fought. But this is the legit test to see where Sean O'Malley is. Is this guy going to be in a position to fight for a title at the beginning of 2021. And even if he loses to Marlon Vera, it's going to slow him down a little bit. Not a ton, but we're going to get to see where he is at this point in his very, very young career. Sean O'Malley has a bright future ahead of him. And Marlon Chido Vera is a very tough out for absolutely anybody at 135 pounds. That includes... The, Sterling, the Aljamain Sterlings of the world. He's a tough out for all those guys. And he's going to be a tough out for Sean O'Malley as well. I cannot wait to see how that fight plays out at 135 pounds next weekend at UFC 252. I am also fascinated to see this featherweight bout that's going to happen at Bellator 243 on Friday. The debuting Mike Hamill. He's going to step in on short notice and take on Adam Borch. On the main card, Bellator 243. Very excited for this fight. Mike Hamill doesn't have the greatest record that you may ever see. If you're going to compare the records, Borch has a better record. But Hamill believes he's got the style to get it done and hand Adam Borch a second loss in a row. So let's check in with Magic Mike Hamley. He joins us from Uncasville, Connecticut, and Mohegan Sun Arena. Let's talk to him right now on What the Heck. All right. We have Mike Hamill joining the program. He has a big opportunity this Friday night in his Bellator debut. He's going to take on Adam Borch at Bellator 243. Magic Mike, how are you, sir? I'm not too bad, man. How about yourself? I'm doing well, man. You are looking primo right now. You get the mullet going, the mustache going. You, you, you look like a million bucks right now.
3: Thank you, thank you. The only thing I'm missing is my pit vipers. I'm just built for speed.
0: <laughs> so this is very exciting news for you. You're coming off a unanimous decision win in February, and now this big chance presents itself against a, a high-quality 45. How did it all happen? Tell me about the call and, and how you reacted to it.
3: Yeah, so uh, I've actually been helping uh, my big brother Benson get ready for his fight with Chandler on the same card. So I've been doing all the rounds, all the wrestling workouts. Pretty much was in camp. You know, because anybody who knows how hard Benson works knows that if you're going to be giving him rounds, you better be in good shape yourself. So I was pretty much in camp, and my manager called my coach. I believe it was last Tuesday. Maybe it was was either Tuesday or Wednesday. And called him and was like, yo, can Mike take uh, this fight with uh, Boric at 45? And so we started kind of talking and ended up agreeing on a catch weight, And I just... I just ran with it, you know. I've been getting ready for a position like this to pop up. So when opportunity called, I had to answer it.
0: You've been competing for a little over five years. At least that's what the the sheets say from your amateur debut to where we're at now. And you know, since this is the first time you and I have spoken and selfishly, I just love these Genesis stories. How did this crazy MMA road begin for you ahead of this big fight on Friday night?
3: Yeah, so I mean I was pretty much born into wrestling right like literally the first pair of shoes i ever got was a little mini pair of wrestling shoes from my dad's high school team and so it's like i had wrestling on both sides of my family did that my whole life i did it at the division one level i competed division two was an all-american there you know and so when i got done pretty much once my senior year started wrapping up you know you started thinking i've got i've got a teaching degree i could go fall back on and i was like i could either go do that which I know I'm not going to like, or maybe let's try and see if I want to get punched in the face. So I called up my college coach, and I was like, hey, I don't really know anything about MMA gyms or where I should go. Do you got any contacts? And he's like, I got used to coach the wrestling practices over at the MMA lab every once in a while. He's like, me and John Crouch are good friends. He's like, let me call him, make sure you can get on the team. So I called him. I showed up. It was like a Wednesday sparring day. It was my first day there. I didn't have shin pads, didn't have gloves, didn't have a mouth guard. So I borrowed shins, borrowed uh, boxing gloves, chewed on a piece of cardboard, and got the shit kicked out of me, (laughs) like endlessly. (laughs) And I kept getting mad. I kept double egging people, and they're like, hey, it's stand-up day, you know? But after that, I was like, I haven't got my ass beat like that ever, I don't think. Not even my first day in a college wrestling room, and something about that I fell in love with. So stuck around, haven't missed a day since.
0: Imagine if you went to, like, a different gym and they just weeded you in slowly. You wouldn't really have that experience. Maybe it would have taken a little longer to experience that.
3: Yeah, and, you know, it wouldn't make me the man I am today. You know, like, I, I almost kind of envy the guys who get on the team now because we don't spar super hard like that anymore, you know. If if it's our rounds in the cage, we do what we got to do. But it's, it's a different team than it was when I first got on it. But, you know, it made me the man I am now in the fight
0: room, so. You've competed in some pretty big promotions along the way, LFA, Kombucha Americas. I'm curious, if if people who are seeing you for the first time are sort of, they want to search YouTube for that sort of standout fight, the one you've been a part of that, I don't know if "defines you is is the term I'm looking for, but kind of tells the story of who you are as a fighter. What fight would you tell people to go watch?
3: Yeah, I don't know if it's on YouTube. I actually don't think it is, but if you could watch my last LFA fight, the one that I – got disqualified in i think that perfectly shows i got three ten eight rounds that fight i absolutely beat the piss out of that brazilian so you know i think if you go and watch that i didn't get hit on my feet he was a karate world champ he's a brown belt in jiu-jitsu mounted him multiple times hit him probably 500 unanswered times don't know how the fight wasn't stopped hit him one one little shot in the back of the head when he curled up in half guard and he wouldn't get up. And he wouldn't get up not because he was hurt. He wouldn't get up because he was a pussy and he didn't want to be in there with me anymore. So I think if you watch that fight, that defines me.
0: How frustrating was that night for you? It's the best you probably, you've looked at, you said it yeah. sort of defines you as a fighter and then to have it yeah. end the way it ended. How frustrating was that for you?
3: Uh, it was frustrating, you know, but I kind of pride myself on how I handle situations like that. I've had five major surgeries and i've had to come back from every single one of those a better fighter than i was before i had a loss like that and i came back and beat a tough vet uh my very next fight you know who had 16 pro fights you know so yeah it sucks and it's frustrating and i don't think that guy should be a fighter anymore because he gives a bad name to the sport but besides that it's, it's just another day. You know, I'm, I'm still here. I'm still where I belong. I'm still in the big leagues where I should be
0: going through what you've gone through to this point between the surgeries that the DQ and all of those things. Do you feel like in a way going through all that, the stars are finally starting to align for you to, to start going on this run and show people consistently who you are as a, as a competitor?
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, We've been, we've known it in the gym, you know, at the MMA lab, all my, all my brothers and sisters over there have known it for a long time, how good I am and where I belong. And it's just time for the world to catch up.
0: How is everything going over at the lab these days? Cause I've talked to a lot of fighters that, that are still there. I know there were some kind of ups and downs that happened. Some people left <laughs> and now you're kind of in a position where whoever wants to be there is, is there and doing their thing. How is the vibe there right now heading into this fight?
3: It's good, man. And you know what? It's always been good. Those, those people that left, they thought the grass was greener on the other side, and I think if you want to look at their wins and losses since leaving, they you can see that it probably wasn't. No hurt feelings towards those people, but, you know, the lab's always been good. It's, it's a family. John Crouch and Benson have created a team chemistry that I don't think can be matched anywhere else. I've gone and just worked out uh, here and there, you know, if I'm on trips at other gyms, and I don't think anything's anything compares to the lab. We are truly a family. If if somebody helps me out in my camp, I'm back in the next week, helping them get ready for theirs. You know, it's, it's a brother sisterhood.
0: And to be on this particular card where Benson is headlining against Michael Chandler, you sort of alluded to, you train there. He's, Ben's a massive staple there. He's one of the captains Mm -hmm. of the ship, so to speak. How cool is that to be able to, to share this debut with him?
3: Oh man, it's awesome. Words can't describe it. Like, Oh I don't know. I've been watching that guy go through his own journey as I've come up with mine and to be able to be on a card with him when who knows it's going to be, you know, probably one of his last-ish fights. Wins this, goes and gets a belt, who knows how much longer Benson fights. So to be able to so early in my career get a share an experience like that with him, words don't describe it. It's amazing.
0: He seems so fired up for this one. Uh, I, I spoke with him a couple of months ago during this COVID time. It was to preview one of the the recharge shows or one of those things that he was a part of, mm-hmm. and he said he was ready to take a fight with Chandler on like a day's notice. That if he booked it tomorrow, I'm I'm down for that. And yeah. I kind of love the way that he opened up and talked a little trash on the broadcast of Bellator 242 a little bit. He seems like he is so fired up for this fight. I mean, you've been around him. How how excited is he to to get back in there and get this one back?
3: I, oh, he's more, he's more than ready. Ben's Ben's one of those those oddballs though that he's always ready. Right, the guy could go be on a cruise for two weeks, eating whatever food he wants to do, you know, getting fat, happy, enjoying his life, coming in the gym next day and break every single person there. The the guy is one of a kind, and he, I, Chandler's got his hands full, man. I don't I don't see it going any other way than Ben getting his hand raised.
0: You get Adam Borich, who just lost his first fight to Darian Caldwell back in January, and before that, he's run off a bunch of highlight reel finishes against guys like Aaron Pico, Pat Curran, and others. How do you like this particular matchup for your first Bellator fight?
3: I love it. I think I'm I think I'm his worst nightmare in the cage, and he just doesn't realize that yet. I'm gonna, How so? be, in, gonna be in his face. I'm not gonna give him range. You know, if he wants to start jumping around, I move my feet. I'm just as athletic, if not more athletic. But I'm I'm different, right? Pico Pico is a phenomenal wrestler and has amazing accolades. But he's a freestyle wrestler, right? Like freestyle guys don't hold anybody down because the ref's going to stay in the matchup in 10, 15 seconds if nobody's getting turned. It's the same reason Yoel Romero doesn't ride anybody in his fights, right? He can take him down, but if you notice, everybody gets up on him. People aren't getting up on me. I need three takedowns this fight. If I get three takedowns, it's one around. He's he's going to be on the ground. If he if he gets up, it's because I let him up and I want to beat the shit out of him on a feet.
0: Obviously not a, not, not a ton of time to prepare for this one, but you've been helping Benson with rounds, so it's not like you're not in shape or anything like that. It's not like you're rolling off the couch and heading to Mohegan Sun. And I know you have a great team and a great staff over there at the lab. Do you use any of this prep time to, to watch film or anything like that? Or do you already just know exactly what you're going to do here? I didn't need to watch much film.
3: Uh, I pay attention to everybody in the 45-pound division, so I knew knew who he was. I'd watched plenty of film on him before. I watched a little bit just to see his tendencies, right? Maybe he drops his hand in a certain position or what he likes to hit after he does certain things, right? I watch little tendencies, but at the end of the day, if I go into the cage and I do me, and I implement my style, it, it doesn't matter who I'm fighting, right? I'm going to I'm gonna beat the brakes off of him anyways.
0: I'm curious because uh, you've experienced both, as is Adam heading into this fight, you know, coming into <laughs> a fight off of a win or coming in off of a loss. Wh- wh- yeah. What do you feel is like more motivating in your eyes? And I know you can't put yourself in Adam's shoes, but what's more motivating heading into a fight, trying to bounce back from a loss or coming in and trying to extend a winning streak?
3: Uh, I, I think coming off a loss, man, right? Because at that point, you're almost fighting safe. You're like oh, shit, I, I just need to get a win, you know. And I hope he tries to fight safe, you know. But I I don't have any pressure on me. A lot of people have said it. I'm getting brought in to lose. That's one of Bellator's golden boys, and that's okay. I'm I'm fine with that position because I know what I'm capable. Of, like I said earlier, so people can think what they want to think.
0: You seem very relaxed here, heading into this opportunity. Is that something yeah. that's th- that that you're always like on fight week? You always just relax? Or is this something that you sort of develop through time?
3: Uh, I've just competed for so many years at the highest level with wrestling. You know, like uh, me being anxious right now isn't going to do anything. Uh, we're going to get in a fist fight. I signed the contract. You know, Nothing, nothing's going to change that from here to now. So I don't know. I've just always kind of been relaxed. And it doesn't matter if it's a big show or if it's in somebody's backyard, you know. It's a fight's a fight. I'll be nervous when the time comes. But for now, no, I'm, in, I'm enjoying every step of the way.
0: Is this a like a one off type thing with Bellator? Is this a, sort of an opportunity or the first of many here?
3: Uh, so I got a I got a two fight, but after I after I beat Borix, uh, we'll we'll negotiate and probably get a more multi deal after this.
0: Where does a win over a guy like that put you? And you know what does that do for you in your career? In your opinion, I mean you're 27. I believe you're about to turn 28 next week. What would this yeah. nice nice birthday present? yourself do for your future in the sport you think
3: uh hopefully hopefully help my uh me and my wife's financial stability huh she's she's been supporting my bum ass for a little bit while i've been chasing my dream so it's about time to give back how long you been married Uh, i've been married a little bit over a year i got married last last year in march
0: that's so hard to find in this game, man, trying to find somebody who understands the life and the mindset of a fighter. It's not every yeah. day that you you find that. What has that meant to you in your development and where you're at right now?
3: No, it's been awesome. Uh, I don't think there's many fighters that can say that their significant other has been with them since their amateur days. Like, she literally drove me to amateur fights, drove me to my pro debut. You know, she watched me go through hip surgery. She watched me go through little knickknacks, go through losses, go through concussions. Like she's been my rock, she's been everything. And I think a lot of people kind of get the whole, having a girl by your side can be a distraction, right? I had a coach in college who thought that having a girlfriend was the worst thing in the world for you. And yeah, probably a lot of them are, but if you find the good one, they aid you in every way possible and they're there for you. So no, it's it's been the best man. She's my best friend and happy to, be finally able to participate in the financial standpoint and get back a little bit.
0: I assume she's not there with you right now. Uh, is she there? No comment. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. How do you, how, how do you see this all playing out? How do you set the table for Benson on Friday night?
3: Uh, I go out there and I set the table by putting a pace that lab fighters are known for on people and watch him well. And, benson feeds off that but benson doesn't need me right to do anything he's he's a vet and he's going to do him regardless of how my fight goes and i know he's going to be stoked for me and we're going to celebrate and eat some pizza and candy later i'll drink about 15 and a half beer before i go to sleep but no it's it's going to be a good day and it's going to be a good day for the lab the lab's going to get two wins and stanford mma is going to get zero so
0: how are you uh, enjoying New England in the summertime? I'm sure it's a, it's a far cry from that Arizona heat.
3: Honestly, it's nice right now just because it's so humid. This weight's going to fall off of me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm appreciating it right now. Would I would I want to live here in the summer? Absolutely not. My mullet would probably turn into an afro.
0: <laughs> what do you think of the fight sphere setup at Mohegan?
3: Uh, the whole setup with like how they have the card and the little workout area and stuff like yeah, that, their, that
0: little bu- their little safety bubble so to speak
3: yeah it's it's weird <laughs> we've got we've got like security out of our outside our rooms uh we're pretty much just stuck in the hotel room unless we want to go work out which for the most part that's what you do on fight week anyways you know so it's not it's not too different than anything else because at a certain point you don't want to leave your bed unless it's to go work out or to go get food anyways but yeah I'm a little sad I can't go out and experience the east coast I've only really been to New York out on this side of the state so it is what it is
0: so you didn't get to bring your rollerblades with you because I saw that video you posted earlier you're at a skate park on Instagram it didn't go very well for you probably uh probably better (laughs) than it would have gone for me but uh that was you right that wasn't just like somebody else's video
3: yeah so uh that (laughs) that's actually my old Instagram account. That account got hacked. <laughs> so you gotta follow, yeah. So you got to follow my new one, uh, magic Mike underscore MMA, but no, so I, I used to rollerblade all the time. Actually my sophomore year in high school, I wanted to quit after I got upset in the state semifinals. I was the number one seed and ended up losing in just a horrific fashion. Got tossed to my back with like five seconds left to lose by a point in the semis and took third state that year. I should have won it, but I, I was heartbroken. Right. And I always loved rollerblading so i always looked forward to after wrestling season i could go hit up all the skate parks right and so i got done i was rollerblading for a little bit and i came back and i was like hey mom i think i'm done wrestling uh i'm just gonna rollerblade i'm pretty good you know like i i could turn professional by the time like i'm done with high school and i think she's like okay sounds good she like disappeared for like a little bit like the next morning i'm eating breakfast or whatever Got my, like, rollerblades on my backpack. I'm about to go hit the skate park. She's like, hey, I just wanted to show you this. And she showed me the annual income of a <laughs> professional rollerblader. And it was, like, $15,000. <laughs> and she's like, if you want to do this, you will no longer have a home. <laughs> she's like, you can keep doing it for fun. But if this is what you want to pursue, I do not support you. And she's like, you could make this in a year of college wrestling scholarship. So, Long story short, I just pretty much put the rollerblades down and just became a hobby. And then my wife actually got them for me for Christmas last year. So I was like, on Christmas Day, I was like, yo, we got to go to the skate park. I got to see if I still got it. I do not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So your, your X game future kind of ended with that conversation with your mom. Yeah. Yeah. And my mom has supported every single dream I've ever had. <laughs> Just not that one. <laughs> That's so funny, man. But I think you made the right decision. We're definitely looking forward to, to this card and this fight and excited to, to see you introduce yourself and that mullet to this new audience on Friday night. All the best to you this week, Mike, and in the fight. And thank you for the time, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Take care. Great stuff right there from Mike Hamill. Excited to see what he can do. He's very confident. And I like what he said. Uh, the MMA Labs gonna have two wins. Stanford MMA is gonna have no wins. He talks about his fight with Adam Borch and Benson Henderson's fight with Michael Chandler. Really enjoyed that conversation. Best of luck to Mike Hamill in his Bellator debut on Friday night. We go from the East Coast in Connecticut to Las Vegas. Kevin Holland, who had a crazy week. He was supposed to fight Trevin Giles to kick off the main card of last weekend's card. He's going to turn around very quickly after Trevin Giles fainted right before he was set to walk to the octagon. Holland's going to fight Joaquin Buckley, newcomer, very dangerous guy from LFA, making his UFC debut. Let's head to Vegas right now and say hello to the trailblazer on what the heck. All right, we have Kevin Holland here. It's been a crazy five days or so for this man, but he is scheduled to compete This Saturday at the UFC Apex against newcomer Joaquin Buckley. Kevin, how are you, man?
4: Man, I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself?
0: I'm doing well. It's good to see you, sir. Uh, So walk us through kind of like the timeline after Saturday night. Did you get a chance to go home and then come back to Vegas? Like, how did that all work out for you?
4: Yeah, so uh, Saturday night, came back to the room, chilled for a bit. Sunday morning, woke up early, got on the plane, flew back home uh dana white said i could have stayed but he let me go back because i told him i got some of that new tequila that he was uh promoting uh on his birthday went home took a shot of tequila went back to drinking my water back here again you know what i mean got up went home checked out the new house and got right back you know what i mean it was, that was that was mainly what it was about just wanted to make sure the house was
0: good there you go did you get to do anything fun at home besides the tequila shot? i mean anything fun at home besides just checking out the I mean, house or just being man stuff
4: I mean, you know, some real man stuff, you know what I mean? Can't be gone for a whole week and not come home and do some man stuff. So, you know what I mean? I I got home and had a little fun. I'm right back on the road.
0: Well, there you go. As most people know by now, you were scheduled to face fellow Texan Trevin Giles last Saturday. And Trevin, unfortunately, fainted right before the fight. You found out like the rest of us did on the broadcast. And you've had fights canceled for different reasons in the past. But in 2020, you've had a fight canceled because of a global pandemic. And another due to your opponent fainting right before you were supposed to make the walk to the octagon, you can't even yeah, make this stuff up if you wanted forget, to. I
4: can't. I canceled a fight because my because uh, me being a little injured too. So I guess it's to each his own. You know what I mean? Goes full circle.
0: Right. I mean, you can't even make this stuff up. This is this no. is like storyline stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> oh, all right. From 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 what I was told, and Dana White sort of confirmed it on Saturday night as well. They tried to get that fight between you and Ed Herman put together. His fight got canceled with Gerald Mearshart and scratched right before that event even happened because of the COVID test. We know it didn't happen, but can you imagine a world and how wild it would have been if Ed Herman had come back to the arena and this fight got added to the main card right before the main event? It would have been like pro wrestling stuff. It would have been the most outrageous thing ever.
4: Yeah, it would have been uh, it would have been fantastic, man. Honestly, uh, Ed Herman, I guess when he picked up the phone, he was like, "I'm I'm five tequila shots deep." So like, me and my manager both threw it out there, like, "Give me five shots of Hennessy, let's go." You <laughs> know what I mean? We were just trying to get it. We were trying to get it in, man. Uh, uh, you know, uh, been going pretty hard on Ed Herman on Twitter, somebody's too slow and stuff. I mean, you know, it really ain't me, but it's good stuff. I like it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's I'm not you. No, I I mean, my manager does my Twitter. He checks with me on a lot of stuff, but uh, he knows me pretty well, so he he kind of, like, imitates me to a pretty good teeth. And uh, he knows I like to talk crap, so uh, he does a good job. We communicate on a lot of it, but uh, with this Ed Herman thing, he's done freaking fantastic. I actually inboxed Ed Herman on Instagram and was like, hey, don't let my manager out, out shit-talking. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, and, and he's kind of letting my manager win, so I'm kind of, I'm you know... A little sad you know what I mean can't be let Warren out talk you like that, but uh props to Oren, he's doing a good job you know what i mean uh, i I'm, I'm proud of Orin. he's doing a good job he's doing a good job his, his, his uh his his comedian skills has definitely gone up over the
0: years he is a funny guy <laughs> like if if I troll if I text him back and forth and need something confirmed or some information, he always like trolls me and and messes around with the media and I find that hilarious Oren's a good guy. Did did Ed ever respond to you on Instagram when you when you DM'd me? He responded to me on Instagram. I sent them a long message on Instagram. I let him I let him know that, you know, whatever my manager was saying,
4: I completely, I completely back it 100 percent You know what I mean? I'm definitely not gonna apologize. Uh I think it's great stuff, dude. To be honest with you. I mean, I mean, knock knock redhead. I mean, come on, dude. He's been on it. So you know what I mean? I'm i enjoying it, bro. I'm enjoying it to the full teeth. You know, here I am back at fight week, new opponent. Join this too. This is great.
0: So when Ed says that he wants to punch you in the face, he actually wants to punch Orin in the face? Yeah, but
4: I'm I'm pretty uh I'm pretty I'm I'm pretty in tune in my own ways. You touch anybody on my squad, that's your ass. All right, fair <laughs>
0: enough. Dana White said on Saturday that he was um he was gonna pay the fighters who lost their bouts some money, not the show money, but he would try to turn you guys around real quick. Obviously that happened for you, and I'm not gonna ask specific numbers here, but are you okay with with what you received to make the weight and, and lose your fight moments before it happened?
4: Yeah. I mean, look, I'm here. He told me, he told me to have me fighting again next weekend. It's next weekend coming up and I'm right back here. Uh man of his word said he'd pay me. He paid me. So, uh, I, me personally, I, I'm happy. You know what I mean? if, uh, anybody else is complaining, you know what I mean? And Dana White doesn't like how they're complaining. Send them to me. I'll take care of them for you. Bucko. You pay me again. I'm happy with it. <laughs> I mean, you know this, is, mean? this is this like, is what you uh, signed
0: up for, right? Like you knew exactly going in. Exactly what you signed up for. Yeah, if
4: you're fighting on a local card, man, let's be real. If you're fighting on a local card, which you can't even do right now, right? If you're fighting on a local card and uh, you ask to get paid, and they and they pay you something, it wouldn't even been that ten grand. You know what I mean? So, you know, I mean, whoever got paid, whoever they got paid, be happy. And I'm happy with what I got paid. You know what I mean? It's like uh, it's enough to take care of my bills. So why complain? You know, I'm not really much of a complainer, so,
0: no. you know. We've done this a few times. I don't think I've ever heard you complain once. Nah, I like
4: I, I like the game that we play. You know what I mean? This is the best career that you could possibly get. I got a nice car. I got a nice house. You know what I mean? I'm a lucky man. I love my job. Anybody don't like my job, you know what I mean? Fist to face, pow, <laughs> ready to go, whatever. I mean, I love it.
0: What do you think of the matchup with Joaquin Buckley? It was kind of a surprising one. He just had a win in LFA a couple of weeks ago. He looked really good in that fight. I was told that there was uh, some options for you that were being weighed between you and your team and, and the UFC. Was, was Joaquin the only name that was presented to you or are there other names in the mix as well?
4: The name that I got was either Trevin Giles again, which I didn't feel like would be uh, possible due to the way he fainted and stuff like that. I don't know what's going on with them, but I I don't think within a week you can get back to how you need to be. I think you need to like thoroughly look at yourself. And then it was, uh, they gave me Buckley, but I've been screaming, let's go Bucko for a minute now. So I guess I've just been saying his last name (laughs) wrong. So let's go Buckley. (laughs) It's Kismet. This is meant to be. It's meant to be, baby. It's meant to be. So I've been asking for this. So maybe you guys get another 40 second finish because uh, that's what I've been asking for, right?
0: That Hernandez finish was was amazing because I feel like people looked at that fight like was it was gonna be a really competitive one. What did that yeah. finish mean to you? Like we've been waiting for that to come out of you for a while and you and you made it happen. What did that feel like for you?
4: It felt really good. I mean, uh dude, I talked to Brandon Allen last week, super tough kid. I was on my way to finishing Brandon Allen pretty, pretty freaking nasty. You know what I mean? With the cut and then the blood, but uh slippery when wet, you know what I mean? So I mean, I, this this was definitely on his way to, to happening. You know what I mean? And let's just see how often you guys can get a pretty sick finish from me. You know what I mean? Because that's my job. You know what I mean? Public assassination, public assassinator. And it's like before I got in the UFC, I had a pretty high uh, finish rate. You know what I mean? The only time I was losing was was it going to the judge's, uh, judges' scorecard. So it's like uh, I like finishing people. You don't get paid for OT. You know what I mean? What you get paid is what you get paid. So step in, clock in, clock out, in and out. It's my favorite place to eat anyways. So let's go.
0: Do you know much about Joaquin at all? Have you watched any of his fights? Is this the first time you heard his name? I realize
4: he's left-handed. I realize uh, I got the reach advantage. I realize my strengths. I realize his strengths. And then I realize my weaknesses. I realize his weaknesses. And at the end of the day, let's see who can exploit what first. I, you know, I mean, I wish I wish I'd known him a little better. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it wouldn't be the first time I fought somebody like him. And then he fought a local guy, in, uh, Justin Patterson. I heard he won the fight, but it's like I heard it was a good fight. And it's like anytime you fight a local guy, and you don't, you know, you don't completely put him away. You have a tough fight. It gives me extreme confidence going forward. So, you know, looking at the Buckley situation, like I said, let's go, Bucko, and we will go. So let's see what he has to offer. You know, I'm excited about it. You know, congratulations, welcome to the UFC. It should be a rude awakening
0: after after this fight ends, and we're not looking past Saturday night. I mean, the, the, you've already gone through a training camp at this point, so what else could you do preparation wise besides get back to 185 when you step on the scale on friday but is your plan to still go back to 170 like i know that was being discussed that almost yeah. happened before the injury but yeah. is that still the plan
4: yeah i mean i would i would like i would like the 170 i mean i think i think you know uh, a lot of fights at 170 makes sense for me i mean i think a lot of, i think a lot of fights at 170 you'll see a lot more finishes and a lot in a lot more devastating fashion because you know like 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 uh, Connor said before, the, the skull is just smaller. The brain is easier to rattle. You know what I mean? The guys just aren't as big at, at seventy. But I also like fighting big guys. You know what I mean? I ran into Derek Brunson at the airport. If you follow me on Instagram, you see I kinda troll him a little bit. But uh <laughs> it's all because after my uh Vic, after my la- after that win I had with uh you know what I mean, with Fluffy, he messaged me and said he had dumped me on my head. So, you know what I mean? I've been kinda trying to confront him about this dumping me on my head thing. And when we were at the airport, you know, he let me know he was just kinda like reaching out. I guess he was – I think he was probably trying to get a training partner for the Shabazian fight since he was trying to get a partner for the israel Sanya fight. But, uh, you know, it's like – just like I told him, bro, I don't play those games. He said, you don't play those games. So let's let it be known. Fuck Derek Brunson. Fuck Marvin Vittori. There's a few guys at 185 that's made it a little bit more – shouldn't message me, shouldn't play with me, like I'm a kid or something like that. So – at 185, I feel like it's fuck a lot of them, so I kind of wouldn't mind staying here and, you know, smacking on some people that I just really honestly started out to like, you know?
0: Just, uh, I know Vittori was one name that, that really stuck out after your last win. It, it yeah. seems to still be sticking out to you along with Derek Brunson. He, he played with me. You
4: know what I mean? I hold a grudge. He played with me. I tagged him the other day before the fight and was like, you missed me? Yeah, I mean, we all know <laughs> what this is. We all know what the game is. We all know. You know, I keep winning. He keeps winning. We all know. You know, either he goes and sees something better than me, or you know what I mean, or a better option than me. Or eventually, he sees me. We all know. I already know. If Derek Brunson would have lost that night, and I went out there and did the public assassination, like I plan on doing. Then I would have tried to. I would have tried to take on um, Derek Brunson as fast as possible. Like I said, I'm not worried about the rankings. I'm not worried about this, that. He's big. He's small. I'm not worried about none of that. You play with me. I play with you. You know what I mean? I'm gonna play with you way harder than you play with me. So you message me, you tag me in something, you do all that, and you think oh, I'm not gonna notice, think I'm not gonna pay attention to it, and want to fight? No, I want to fight. I'm a fighter. You know what I mean? Entertainer, but definitely a fighter. I like
0: and not fight. and not a short memory. I see. Not a short one at all.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
4: I know what, Mike Perry. Mike Perry. Mike Perry thinks I didn't see the little. Uh, what? What will he do? What will happen if he gets hit by me? Nothing. I get hit by you, Mike Perry. Nothing. Freaking 170 You're talking about he's going to hurt me. Boy, I eat punches from Thiago Santos. I'll poop on Mike Perry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> when did Mike Perry say something to you? I didn't even see that. You, if, you,
4: if you look at the, the thing that, they, that uh, UFC put up about uh, last fight, he didn't get hit, and they uh, did a little post. On the comment, Mike Perry commented on there and was like, what happens if he gets hit by me? Nothing. What happens if you can't hit me? What happens if I hit you? You will rattle, you will shake, and you will go to sleep. I don't like Mike Perry. thought he was cool at first. Then he starts socking on old people and, in a beautiful state of Texas. And now I'm like, all right, well, let me smack on him. and be the smack, man. Smack, man. Yeah, that's me.
0: I know the Mickey golf fight was one that you had kind of hoped that you would get for your 170-pound debut and he got paired up with Mike Perry. What did you think of that fight?
4: I thought, you know what I mean? I thought it was a good fight. I thought, uh, I think a lot of people like, just like, Think Mickey Gall sucks or something. I don't think he sucks. I think he's good. I think he's just been in a tough situation the whole time he's been in the UFC. Uh I like the Mickey Gall fight because he's a legit black belt. You know what I mean? He has a good submissions. And then, like I said before, I was up in Sage Northcutt, get ready for that fight, and then he beat Sage Northcutt so in a way it was kind of like he was beating on me. So it's like, you know, you know, props to Mickey Gall, but you know, Mickey Mouse don't want it because he's still close, you know what I mean? So it is what it is, you know. Mickey Gall don't want to fight you know what I mean the fight was offered to him he said no I'm not going to bully somebody who doesn't want to fight you know Mickey Gall doesn't want to fight you know then you know good luck to him hope he finds a bum that he can fight on because that's usually all he wants is bums
0: Kevin Holland absolutely on fire as you could see I have done a lot of interviews in my career I would say I don't know a couple thousand at this point Talk to fighters from the regional scene, amateurs, professionals, world champions, some of the greatest fighters to ever step in a cage or an octagon, but that is the first time ever that a fighter has said to me that he would poop on a fighter. He said he would poop on Mike Perry. I just didn't even know how to react to all that, so all the best to Kevin Hollins. He gets ready to take on Joaquin Buckley on Saturday night at the UFC Apex in Las Vegas. UFC 252 coming up next weekend. We already spoke to one half of the co-main event. Let's check in with one half of a women's strawweight bout that is going to take place on that card. The returning Ashley Yoder, she's going to be taking on Lavinia Souza. Let's check with the Spider Monkey right now on What The Heck. All right, we have Ashley Yoder joining the program. She returns to action at UFC 252 on August 15th, taking on Lavinia Souza. Ashley, good to see you. How are you?
5: I'm great. How about yourself?
0: I'm doing great. So this is the first time we're going to see you in the Octagon in around 10 months or so. And one of the things that you want to do over the last year or so, at least from the last time we spoke, was you wanted to stay as active as possible. And I know times have been crazy with COVID-19 and this pandemic kind of slowing things down. But how excited are you just to get back in there and compete in a couple of weeks?
5: I'm really excited. It's crazy to think that um, we're the only sport back. So I'm very grateful. Um And, yeah, I always want to be active. Things like this happen. It just gives you extra time to um, really just get better at the end of the day, you know. So um, that's really what I've taken out of it. So I'm excited.
0: When people say that fighting in MMA is a game of inches, I think you might be, like, the definition of that based on your UFC (laughs) run. Like, you fight random Marcos in your last fight, another razor-close decision that didn't go your way. What were you able to to take away from that fight with Randa who's been a perennial top 15er in that division for quite some time now?
5: You know, at the end of the day, it's just I I'm trying to get comfortable like being okay with everything. So, uh by saying that, you know, coming into MMA as MMA as an entity, not as any other martial arts individually, um I've really had to kind of Pick everything up at once so it's just every time you go against these awesome competitors it just shows me that i'm right up there with them you know i, I just got some tweaks i got to fix some things and really just kind of let myself go and let myself be me and i think that's what's going to get me the win this time you know i really i truly believe that I'm, I'm growing every time whether it's a loss whether it's a win every day i show up there will be something i'll be like oh like that hand position. Okay. Okay. So like things will click, you know? Um, so I'm very grateful that, uh, I am able to compete with these girls, even, you know, bad decisions, good decisions. Um, I'm ready to put on a performance. And I think that's what, uh, gives me the win in my sales every time. Cause I, I just like to get better and show that I'm, I'm worthy to be in the UFC. So
0: do you feel like you won that fight?
5: No, I think uh, on the ground, I did great. It was my best. I feel like I brought out some stuff that I hadn't brought out since I've been in the UFC, maybe maybe in Justine's fight. But, you know, just getting better at wrestling um, was a, a huge thing for that camp. Um, my stand-up, of course, once you start focusing on one, the other one lacks a little bit. Uh, but, you know, it's all starting to come together. And, you know, I just think that this Ashley is going to be a really, really different Ashley than you've seen. So I'm really excited to show my growth as a fighter.
0: Outside of the result itself, did you enjoy your trip to Singapore? I know that was something you were really looking forward to.
5: I did. You know, I was really excited. I got to take my dad with me, so he got to see, you know, all the cool stuff. Um, unfortunately, I got really sick, uh, whether it was food poisoning, traveling, or whatever. But, you know, at the end of the day, it was an experience, and uh, I'm grateful for it.
0: How close to the fight did you get sick?
5: Uh, pretty, I mean, I, I, I was pretty sick, um, <laughs> Uh, what day it was. I mean, it wasn't the day of the fight, but my stomach was pretty jacked up from whether it was the food or the travel. I'm not sure, but I handled it like a G and we, uh, <laughs> we made it through. So we just kind of pretend it wasn't there and just pushed through anyway. So it was the first time for me. So it was a new experience.
0: You mentioned it, but, you know, the positive thing that comes out of taking this amount of time off is you get the chance to grow and evolve and hone your craft and get better. So how has this last 10 months been for you in that aspect? What specifically do you have you worked on or is it just kind of the whole getting caboodle here?
5: Yeah, I, can't, I think that's uh, the biggest thing with me is I won't just settle for one thing of getting better. Of course, you know, one of the things that opened my eyes to is uh, Randa being a last minute po- opponent change. Uh, a couple weeks out that can happen at any time. So that's another thing that, you know, just growing, um, still having to pick up every little piece in each individual, uh, martial art that is in MMA that I train is something that like, um, you know, maybe certain things that I trained for that whole camp, they didn't really show in that fight. And now that they're going to progress and they're going to show in this fight, it's just adding on, adding on, and, you know, I'm, I've learned a lot and hopefully it shows in this fight, um, but you never know. But I think pushing forward no matter what, um, I, I'm becoming more intelligent as a fighter. I'm feeling more like a vet.
0: It's probably in a weird way, almost a blessing that you had that short notice replacement, especially now because we saw what happened last weekend. We had three opponent switches within a 24 hour span, and then two fights got scratched on Saturday. So, like you said, anything can happen, and this can happen to you again on, on August 15th, and you know, and beyond. It's so not that would,
5: but yes, <laughs> I'm always ready. I think this is the first I'm going to really just focusing on being the best, Ashley. So.
0: I saw that you had signed a new four-fight deal with the UFC back in June. That had to have been very exciting news for you. Congratulations on that. I assume you were very happy with this deal and, and this news.
5: Yeah, I really am. I think, I, I think I've think i proven my worth, uh, although the record doesn't really reflect that. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm still growing. I'm still learning, and I'm still having fun doing it. So um, as long as I can come out and put a performance on, hopefully I'll stay employed. <laughs>
0: Was the Marcos fight the last one on your contract or would this fight have been the last one?
5: Uh, I got superseded. It would have been this one would have been my last fight, but they uh, re- superseded that contract, got a new one. So. Well,
0: that's going to be a nice little confidence boost, right? Record aside, you have been in exciting fights and it's not like you've been blown out of the water in any of these fights. So like you said, <laughs> it, it's almost like they're investing in you. You know, once you put it together, boom, here we go.
5: Now that sounds like pressure, my friend. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I feel like they, they see my potential as well. And I mean, if you know, anyone that knows me knows that I don't have a background, you know, my martial arts experience is very limited yet. I'm still here and I'm hanging on. So and I come in, I look, I love what I do. I think, um, as you know, all the athletes, we have, um, people that, can set a great example for others, you know, and I think my story and my, my journey is one of those. So on top of being like a crazy performer and not caring where I'm at, how bloody I get, I think it just helps the situation. So yeah. Grateful.
0: Yes. Great news for you. Nonetheless, heading into this fight back on a big pay-per-view card as well, taking on Lavinia Souza, who's coming off her first UFC loss to Brianna Van Buren over a year ago. How do you like this matchup from like an X's and O' stylistic perspective?
5: You know, man, I I really, I don't, I'm probably the most boring interviewer on that side of it. I I go in and I don't really mind who I step a a part of. The only thing I ask of my opponent is that they want to fight. And I know that uh, Lavinia is going to do that. So I'm excited about this fight.
0: Where do you see your advantages lying in this one? Like, she's got a lot of finishes. Most of them are on the mat, but, you know, you're a freewheeler. You just like to see wherever the fight goes. I got a lot of finishes,
5: too. You do? Yeah, so it could be anywhere. I think we could go to the ground. We could stand up. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So um, I don't like to uh, project what I think is going to happen because anything can happen. Um, As long as we get in that cage and they shut the door, I think it's a win for both of us at this point. So, um, yeah, I'm just excited to uh, perform.
0: Are you excited for the empty arena experience and being able to hear everything that happens around you, the strikes, each breath, all that stuff? Is that something you're looking forward Bro, to being a part of? I was an
5: ultimate fighter. You don't get much more quiet than Khalil Roundtree and... Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, this with, is going to uh, be quieter uh, Hendrix. than that, though. Corey a- Hendricks. Yeah, they were the first fight, and they were teammates, so it do- you will not get quieter toughs first fight on tough 23 it was pins and needles i heard every no i'm not worried i'm actually more experienced in that than most people so yeah i'm good
0: yeah i know the tough experiences you've been a part of that and i know because most of the time except for maybe that fight and maybe a handful of others throughout the show there's a bunch of teammates screaming and yelling yeah 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 and shouting out instructions this is not like that you'll be able to hear like what the commentators say and everything
5: yeah, I mean you're still hearing people yelling because the corners are yelling, right? So it, 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 if you were on Tough, you would know that there's not a lot. I mean, the the editing makes it sound like it was very noisy. It's very quiet on Tough. So um, if you were on that show, I think you're already advantage for these kind of fights. That it's very closed arena type of fight. So I'm not worried about it. I'm actually, and she doesn't speak English. I don't speak Portuguese. We'll be fine.
0: Oh, there you go. So you no, no, <laughs> no reading of the no reading or anything like that. No symbols, signals, anything like that. So. The Apex is going to be a lot of fun for you. You know, speaking of tough, Dana White saying that he wants to bring it back and, and keep the whole thing going. And it's been a couple of years since that happened. So what was your experience like on that? Because is that maybe not going all the way back there, but if something came up and you have the opportunity to do it again, would you ever do it again?
5: Um, at this age of my life, uh, you never know. But uh, yeah, it was a great experience for me. I thought it was, I made some of my best friends from that show. Um, you really kind of find who you are as a fighter yourself. Um, you know, understanding the see, hearing a fight without any kind of like the, I will always remember the Corey Hendricks Round Roundtree first fight because it was so, I mean, it was gut-wrenching hearing these guys hit each other with no, absolutely zero sound and I just remember that first fight And then, and then you take it with you, like It's just a competition. We're in there doing what we do every day. I mean, I love the energy from the fans, but at the end of the day, I love what I do. And I know that my mom's at home watching me. I know my dad's at home watching me and all my friends and family are watching me. So um, I have that in my heart and uh, I'm, you know, there's no stopping me. So.
0: What does it mean to you to be on this card? Like, this is Daniel Cormier's final fight of his career. He's fighting for the heavyweight title against Stipe Miocic, and there's rumors out there it could be Stipe's last fight, too. Like, what does it mean to you to be on this card to be a part of, you know, one of the greatest of all time's final fights for sure?
5: Well, originally, I'm so pumped, you know. They told me my date. They didn't tell me. They just said date where it was. They didn't even tell me where it was, actually. They just said August 15th. And then when they popped up the D.C. fight, I'm like, I think I'm on that card. And then I saw, like, (laughs) Like, oh, my God, I am on that card. I'm like, that's awesome. So I'm a huge fan of both of them, uh, Midwest. and from Midwest, so the Ohio, you know, native. And then, uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan of D.C. I think he's he's done a lot for the sport. He's a great uh, commentator. He's really grown into that. And so I'm I'm excited to be on that same card. It's a, it's an honor to be on any pay-per-view card. Um, hopefully I'm still on the undercard because uh, I love being on the undercard. I think it's more exposure and, you know, um, why not? You know, so I, I'm excited just to be a part of it, being able to fight in Vegas. I'm excited.
0: Do they tell you where on the card you're going to be? Are you on the ESPN no. card or before that? The ESPN I'm probably
5: on uh, I'm so, I'm, I'm the undercard somewhere. They don't tell us yet. There's been already a fight pulled, so who knows?
0: Oh, there you go. How do you see this all playing? Because you have a 30 to 24 run of scorecards in your career you don't have that finish yet but you still have the 30 24s which is ridiculously (laughs) impressive what's like more significant in your eyes like if you go out there and 30 24 her or if you finish her what would be more impactful (laughs) don't get
5: 30 24 no um i i've had both you know i've had finishes just not in the ufc so it'd be awesome to get a finish it also it also just to be having a dominant performance would be um really awesome as well be worth you know all the hard work that you put in so you know i just i'm not one to predict the future you know i let it ride and i just give my best so
0: you're gonna try to get back as soon as possible after this one i mean we're not looking past august 15th but all goes well and according to plan we want to get right back in there right
5: if i'm healthy yeah i'm ready to get back in there yeah and it's a great opportunity for the people that are healthy and able to do that so i'm hoping for some uh good health And being able to turn around quickly.
0: You hoping to maybe get a a trip to Fight Island out of this whole thing?
5: No. No, I
0: don't (laughs) want to go to Fight Island. No, no. no. I I fought in
5: Singapore. I did my time overseas.
0: All right. So you don't want to do that again? Not anytime soon soon. anyways?
5: No. No, I'm good.
0: All right. Well, we'll keep you at the apex for for as long (laughs) as we can. Ashley, congratulations on the four-fight deal. Well-deserved, in my opinion. I'm looking forward to this fight on this big card on August 15th. So all the best to you for the rest of uh, preparation and training, and we'll see you in the Octagon on August 15th.
5: Thank you so much. Talk to you soon.
0: Always enjoy catching up with Ashley Yoder, one of the friendliest fighters that you will ever come across in this great sport. To wrap up another edition of What the Heck. Really enjoyed this one. And I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Big shout out to all of you guys who have subscribed, who keep listening to the show, downloading the show, listening in podcast form. It means a lot. And then that same goes to all the other shows that we do. Between the Links, A-Side, Preview and Post Shows. Now we have on to the next one on the Podcast Network as well where myself and Alex K. Lee, we play matchmaker for the previous weekend's cards. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on in this family of networks and i'm very excited about that and i appreciate all the kind words that we've been seeing on social media it means a lot and uh it does not go unnoticed i will say that but we're, at, we're done we're done bellator weigh-ins coming up later today it is thursday after all virtual media day for the ufc coming up later today we'll have that for you as well friday ufc weigh-ins saturday ufc fights the night before bellator fights it makes, makes your head spin a little bit. But MMA is moving forward in this pandemic world where other sports are starting to fall apart before they even really hit the ground running. MMA has just been full speed ahead for quite some time now. Big shout out to Casey Light on the production, Esther Lynn on the graphics, and a big shout out to all of you guys, as always. I am Mike Heck. Thanks for watching. This episode is done, as is the ranting. And as always, have a heck of a week, everybody. The Vox Media Podcast Network.